Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome to another installment of the It's Just a Game podcast. I am your host, Chris Peel. We have a lot of things to get into now with the holidays, and I was feeling a little under the weather after the Eagles game, so my voice wasn't really up to par. Now, you might still hear it a little bit, and so I usually like to... I usually like to do the, the initial reactions right after the game. Usually Sunday night, I come home from the game, and I do my episode right there. Now, if I forgot to say some things, I'll do another episode, and I try to do an episode where I talk about the rest of the league, or I do, like, Sixers talk or NBA talk or a- anything else. But this week was a little different. So, like I said, with the holidays, and my voice wasn't really – I don't think my voice was going to cooperate. You guys wouldn't even have known that it was me. I was not in the mood to talk about anything as much as I really wanted to because the Eagles had won a division and I just wanted to talk about the fact that we made the playoffs and I wanted to get on here and scream and just be happy and just be like, holly jolly, uh, about to be a new year, uh, Christmas present, all this stuff. I just wanted to just really be excited. But my body was not going to let me do that. So now I'm here. I'm a couple of days late to the party, but better late than never, right? So we got a lot of stuff to get into. We're going to talk about the Eagles injuries. We're going to talk about Sidney Jones. We're going to be talking about Miles Sanders. We're going to be talking about put some respect on my quarterback's name. Please put some respect on Carson Wentz's name. I'm tired of the whole Dak Prescott is better. He's still behind. No, he's no, no, he's just not. I'm not even going to get into it right now because we're going to get into that. I'm not going to even tease it. We got some uh, Sixers talk to get into, some uh, Ben Simmons talk, some Joel Embiid talk. They lost another game to the Pacers, and I'm just not seeing it with the Sixers right now. I know this is year three of the process. I don't really see the growth. Like We're a good team, but we're maybe on the outside looking in. You say, oh, that's a talented team. That's a good team, but... I'm just not seeing the growth at all. Like I'm not, I'm not seeing the jump. I'm not seeing the, I'm just not seeing anything. So like I said, we're going to get into that and we're going to talk about the NFL playoffs as well. We're going to talk about all the matchups this week. I'm not really going to make any picks because that's a dangerous thing to get to when you're talking about the playoffs, but I'm going to offer some little bit of analysis if that makes any sense. So Yeah, we're going to get into that on the other side. Thanks for waiting patiently with me. I'm here on Thursday morning, finally doing the episode. So we're going to talk about the last game, and we're going to look ahead to the next game. So since we're right in the middle, so let's get to it on the other side. So before we get into the Eagles talk, I just want to give a round of applause and send out a congratulations to the Dallas Cowboys for uh, scoring 47 points against the Washington Redskins and still missing the playoffs and finishing with an 8-8 record. Uh, Let's give them a round of applause, guys. Yes, yes, yes. What an amazing feat. All that talent, all of that, oh, we them boys and like, yeah, we have to win and have the Eagles lose so they can, so we can get into the playoffs. You know what they went out and did? They scored a clutch 47 points against the Washington Redskins and it was all for nothing. That takes some talent, y'all. Now that's really a amazing accomplishment. That's an amazing feat. Am I right? So just wanted to get that out the way. Dallas Cowboys, good job on scoring all of those points, but it's too little too late. So enough about them. 
Let's talk about my guys. The Philadelphia Eagles, they went into East Rutherford, New Jersey. Um, the New York Giants, you know, they play in New Jersey, technically. And they beat the Giants. Now, it was a close game. I was a little nervous at first. And like I said in the episode before the game, I was actually a little more nervous about this game than I was about the Cowboys game because the Cowboys game was at home. And I know how good the defense plays at home, but they play a little shaky on the road. I mean, last time they really had a good defensive game on the road was the Buffalo game. And honestly, that might be their only really good defensive game on the road. So I was really, really nervous about that. And then you couple with the fact that Saquon Barkley was coming off a monster game. Daniel Jones was coming off a game where he threw five touchdowns. You know, you have a team that has nothing to lose. Now, we saw a lot of things happen last week when you had teams that had nothing to lose. Now, the Miami Dolphins beat the Patriots, knocked them out the two seed. Uh, the Detroit Lions gave the Packers, like, a hell of a game. I mean, they they were running trick plays. Like, they were running, like, reverses, throwing to the quarterback, the third-string quarterback, by the way. And they pretty much gave Green Bay all they can handle. So we seen, we saw a lot of crazy things happen. We didn't want to fall victim to losing to the underdog. So, especially a division game. And that's the good thing about the NFL. All of the Week 17 games are division games. Because, you know, you want all of the games to matter. They want all of the games in Week 17 to actually matter. And that's why the NFL changed that a couple years ago. But um, they pretty much pulled the way after that. They put a good drive together to go up 17 to 10. And then Saquon Barkley came back in one and I think two plays, or actually it might have been the first play, and they ran for like an 80-yard touchdown. And that was just a killer because like I said, we had all this momentum and it was just down the drain just like that. And they were really playing well against the run. They were shutting down Saquon. Saquon I can't say his name. They were shutting down Saquon Barkley. Until that run. And even after that run, he still didn't get much. So he really only had that one good run against us. And that was pretty much it. But they, the defense did their thing. I just want to talk about Avanti Maddox. I'm going to give him a shout out. I know he got hurt in this game, but this guy has been playing amazing. I know the cool thing to say about all of these players are, all oh, the cornerbacks suck. The cornerbacks are trash. They suck. They, they're no good. We need new cornerbacks. We need a whole new secondary. I don't know. I would keep this Avante Maddox guy. I mean, Jalen Mills is my favorite player on this team. But Avante Maddox has been playing ball lately. I mean, I'm telling you, just balling. And I know Sidney Jones has made a few plays here and there. Like, actually, key plays in key moments. Like, three of the last, like, five games, he's had, like, some really, really great plays. Three of the last four games, he's made, like, some really great plays in, like, clutch situations. But Avanti Maddox has just been, like, super consistent. And he had a good first half. He ended up getting hurt. He didn't come back. He should be okay, is what Doug Peterson said the other day. So, um, yeah, hopefully, like, he'll be all right. Hopefully, Jalen Mills should be all right, too. He missed the last game. But we definitely had to talk about these injuries. I mean, you cannot. 20 years from now, we're going to look back and what do you think about the 2019 Eagles? We're going to say injuries, injuries, injuries. And actually made me upset because I was watching the highlights. I was watching the game. I rewatched the Redskins game, the first Redskins game against um against Case Keenum and, and those guys. You know, the one that filled up for the season opener. You know, which is pegged the, the Sean Jackson game. I, I was watching that one and I'm looking at all the weapons that we had. I mean, on defense, obviously, but offensively, it was just crazy to see all of the guys that were on that field. 
I mean, just looking at the receiving core, you're talking about Deshaun and Nelson Aguilar and Alshon Jeffrey and Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders and Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard and a healthy offensive line like uh, Jason Peters and, and Lane Johnson and Brandon Brooks is back. And we didn't even know Brandon Brooks would be close to being that good because he just got hurt in the playoffs. So we didn't know he'd be that good again. And he came back to like he never missed a beat. Like he never got hurt. So he's just looking at that team and then you look at the team we have now. It's like, okay, Robert Davis. Okay. Uh, Deontay Burnett. Okay. Okay. Greg Ward. And we had to go outside Paul Perkins because Ertz is hurt now. And then we had to go in. He had to re-sign Richard Rodgers, and now we had to go out and get Shelton Gibson again. We had to sign uh, Evander Holyfield's son on, uh, for a backup running back role. We had Boston Scott out there because then my Sanders gets hurt, and it's just a lot of nonsense that's going on. And this team has no business winning the division. Now, I said this before the second Dallas game. Nationally, no one expects the Eagles to win this game. Now, if you're an Eagles fan, you're an Eagles player, Obviously, you want to beat the Cowboys, but all the weapons that the Cowboys have and as decimated as the team was, injury-wise, there was no way we should have won that game. Like, Because if they would have lost that game, you know, you wake up and watch ESPN, they, like all the analysts would have said, you know what? Okay, what was supposed to happen actually happened. So you really had nothing to lose with this, but these guys are just playing really, really well right now. All the guys are stepping up. I mean, there was a play when... Carson Wentz threw it down the field to Robert Davis. And it was like a 40-yard completion, which is you know, a big play down the field. That that hasn't happened right here in, in a long time, but especially to a wide receiver. But it was a penalty. It was a hold-in. It got called back. So I'm saying, oh, we finally had a big play, and it gets called back. Like, we're never going to get one of those again. So whatever. Very next play, they come back on first and 20, and he throws it down the field on the sideline to Deontay Burnett. He makes an even better catch. Like, he was on the sideline, he got his knee down, and he, he made the catch. So it was like two straight uh, deep balls down the field to two no-name guys. I mean, to two guys who are like, if you're not an Eagles fan, you don't know who these guys are. I mean, I, I'm i telling you right now, if I was walking down the street, if I was leaving for work, and I was at my local Wawa picking up a coffee, and Robert Davis, Deontay Burnett, and Greg Ward all were in the line right in front of me. I would not even know who they were. I wouldn't recognize those guys. I would just think like, hey, buddy, move out the way. But, <laughs> I mean, I'm joking a little bit. But I'm just saying these guys are pretty much no names. And this is why you have to put respect on my guy Carson Wentz's name. Stop saying that Dak Prescott is better. Stop telling me that Jericho is better. Stop telling me that, that Carson Wentz is not a franchise quarterback. Stop telling me that he he can't uh put wins together. He can't string wins together. He can't he can't win close games. He can't he can't put the team on his back and win it himself. Like stop telling me that. You have to cut it out because what my man has showed these last few weeks is that he can do it. And the guys that he is winning with, he has no business even winning with. Uh, you saw what he did with Deshaun Jackson the first game of the season. You saw what his numbers look like. Once you take away Deshaun Jackson, he have to readjust. It takes a while to, you know, adjust to what everyone's strips are. And when people can't get open, they can't get open down the field, you're kind of limiting what he can do. And you got to give credit to Doug Peterson as well. Doug Peterson is, you know, tailoring the playbook, and he has to do more screens and do more, like, uh, dig routes and out routes. And Greg Ward is really good at doing routes in the slot. He's really good at running those little seven, eight yard out routes. He's really good at that, which we saw in the first Seattle game. 
So, Carson Wentz. And you saw the throw he made to Paul Perkins. That was a throw that not many people can make. I would say Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, and Carson Wentz are the only guys that can probably make that throw that he made to Paul Perkins. I, I just really think y'all need to stop with that. I mean, like, I see guys like Max Kellerman on first take just trying to discount everything he did. Oh, it's against the Redskins and the Giants and, and the Cowboys. But I'm like, okay, you guys told me that the Cowboys were this great team. They were this amazing team. We beat them. Uh, Carson Wentz beat them. Well, the team, it was a team effort. The defense held them the nine points. So, you know, but as we know, the, the quarterback gets all the credit. The quarterback gets all the blame. Uh, you tell me it's only the Giants because, oh, they barely beat a Giants team on Monday night. They had to barely squeak that game out. Okay, tell me who he was throwing to. I mean, tell me what weapons he's going to. Like, I mean, like teams struggle all the time. I mean, I'd rather struggle against a team and barely beat them than lose to them at home like the New England Patriots did to the Miami Dolphins. Would you rather struggle and beat them or would you rather lose to the Miami Dolphins? I'd rather... Survey says I would ra- I would much rather struggle and win the game by one point than to lose a game by one point. So it doesn't matter. These guys are still NFL players. Division games are always tough. And you tell me it's the Washington Redskins. He struggled to beat the Redskins again. Okay, but they're still an NFL team. Like I would much rather struggle against an NFL team than to lose to said NFL team. If he would have lost that game, you would have been telling me that there's no way he should have lost to this team. But then you tell me, oh, he should have beat this team. It's like, which, which is it? Like, it's like if he can lose to the team, he should also be able to beat the team and not hear no flack about it. It can't be both. Like, you, you have to, you have to give me something here, you know. So Carson Wentz, he's been clutch, and again, you told me that he can't win, he can't win clutch games. He went out there and won clutch games like each of the last four weeks. He won one possession games each of these last four weeks. Well, the giant, the second Giants game wasn't really a one possession game. It was close until the fumble kind of broke that game open. But you know, three of those games, all three of those teams were pretty much one possession games. Carson Wentz went out there and won those games. I don't care who it was against. It's either he can win one possession games, he can win clutch games, he can do it, or oh, it's against bad teams. I mean, I'm sorry, that's that's who he's playing at the end of the season. I mean, I'm so, last time I checked, he did beat Buffalo on the road, and he beat Green Bay on the road. Last time I checked, the Dallas Cowboys weren't able to beat neither one of those teams at home. But you want to tell me that Dak Prescott is a better quarterback when, like, Carson Wentz went out and did exactly what Dak Prescott couldn't do, which is win the division. Like, people act like Carson Wentz didn't, <laughs> wasn't the main catalyst in that, that 2017 team. People act like Nick Foles started that whole year he did everything like Carson Wentz pretty much built the house like Carson Wentz built the house from scratch Nick Foles just came on and put the put the doorknob on I mean he finished the job and he made the doorknob look good he made the door nice and sturdy like sure but Carson Wentz did the majority of the heavy lifting so stop acting like Carson Wentz didn't play a major part in that 2017 Super Bowl winning team Last time I checked, Carson Wentz still had the Super Bowl ring. No, he did not play in the game, but he was wearing a jersey on the sideline during that game, was he? Was he on the roster? Yes, he was. Darren Sproles, again, was on the roster. So, there's a lot of guys that, just because they were hurt, they still have a Super Bowl ring. Jason Peters, Jordan Hicks, all these guys are Super Bowl champions. So, you play a part in that, so it doesn't matter. Like, But, um, yeah, I just really need to stop hearing you guys discount my quarterback 
because of the narrative that you want to play. Now, when the Dallas Cowboys were 3-0 early in the year and they were beating those same teams, you were telling me how great he was. You were telling me how good the Dallas Cowboys were. Once they started playing real teams, they, you started seeing who they really were. Now, when Carson Wentz goes out and wins this game against Seattle this Sunday, I don't want to hear it anymore. I really want to know what's the excuse going to be when he goes out and beats Russell Wilson. He outdoors Russell Wilson because it's going to happen. I'm telling you right now, there's no doubt in my mind they're going to win this game. I was watching the game again. I watched. I rewatched it either yesterday or two days ago. The Eagles cannot get out of their own way that game. They pretty much turned the ball over almost every possession. It seemed like they had five turnovers, four by Carson Wentz. This is probably one of the worst games he's ever played. I mean, the Dallas game earlier this year, the uh, Saints game last year, and probably the Seahawks game. And this one was probably even worse because he not only missed throws, he had the turnovers to go along with it. Two interceptions. One was late in the game where he was trying to force something, but it's still an interception. He had two fumbles, and then Dallas Goddard had another fumble too when it looked like they were about to be in scoring range. And the one, the first interception he threw, the Eagles weren't scoring range. So it was like a lot of things that happened. And again, that's not going to happen again. And another thing that happened is that's when we started losing all of our wide receivers. Now, Alshon Jeffrey didn't play in that game. Nelson Aguilar didn't play in that game. And obviously, Deshaun Jackson didn't play in that game. And Lane Johnson didn't play in that game also. And I believe Jordan Howard didn't play either. I think the last game Jordan Howard has played in this was, was the Bears game. He played once. He played like one snap in this Giants game. He didn't touch the ball. He, I think it was a play action. He was in the game, but he didn't actually he didn't actually get a, a carry or a touch or anything. But that's neither here nor there. What I'm talking about is the Seahawks game. Now, what I'm saying to you is that they're going to win this game. Because they had, I think Greg Ward, I think that was his first ever start. He had his first like career catches in that game, in that Seahawks game. So, you know, you pretty much put, I mean, not technically a rookie, but kind of a rookie in his first like real, real game action. I mean, I would like to think that he knows a little more now than he knew back then. He had Jordan Matthews in the game then. That's when we had Jordan Matthews. We had him for like two games, I believe. And we released him right after that. And which I still don't know why we actually released him. I, I don't know. Same thing with J.J. We kind of got rid of him with no explanation either. So the, the ex explanation was supposed to be because Jordan Howard was back. But then Jordan Howard only played one snap as well. So it, it's just a whole thing. But um, uh, we'll, we'll see. We, we should be okay. But what I'm saying is that as long as Earth plays, and again, Lane Johnson missed, missed that game too. Andre Diller was the starting right tackle. Then uh, Vitae was the starting right guard. And Diller ended up, you know, they struggled a lot in that game. And that had to do with the with the fumbles by Carson Wentz. Um, both of the fumbles were pretty much because of poor protection. Now, Carson Wentz has to know to get rid of the ball as well. So I can't put it all on, on, all on the offensive line. But you have to put some of the blame on the offensive line. And again, I just had to put some of the blame on Carson Wentz as well. So, you know, it's like a 50-50 thing. And Andre Dillon ended up getting benched at halftime. Vitae came in at right tackle, and they put um, Matt Pryor in at right guard, which Matt Pryor actually had a really good game against the Giants also. Now, I'm actually, I'm not saying, obviously, he's not Brandon Brooks, but I'm actually pretty confident with uh, uh, Matt Pryor going into this game. Vitae, it's a home game. The one thing I noticed about Vitae, he's really good at home, struggles a little bit on the road. Now, again, I think with young offensive linemen, 
it's just completely different with the crowd noise and the snap counts being different. And you have to use a solid count. You don't really get that that big of a jump. And you know the defensive linemen are able to get a bigger jump. And Vita is not really good at like catching up to guys. Once you get past Vita, you're pretty much past him. He's not. He's not going to come around. He doesn't have that kind of speed. He doesn't have the speed that Lane Johnson has, or even Jason Peters has. And Jason Peters is 30, what, seven years old now. So Vitae is not, he doesn't have that makeup speed. Now, if he can get you, he can get you, get you ahead of the game. You know, he's strong enough up top. He has a strong enough build to where he can get you. But once he falls behind, it's pretty much over. And that's Carson Wentz's blind spot. So that, that right tackle for a right-handed quarterback is a, pretty important deal around here so um i just i just think this game again the defense played really well in that game they called a couple phantom you know penalties against Jalen mills which they always picking up my guy Jalen mills i don't know what it is but they, they really do the defensive line did a really good job in that game and i think our defensive line depth is really really good now again with the injuries deshaun hall got hurt the last play of the game the last play of the game when the giants were just trying to run out the clock and trying to get some garbage yards, garbage points. Deshaun Hall uh, ended up tearing up his ACL. So not only did we lose, so it seems like every week we're losing people now. We were all already decimated enough. So in this game, we lost Miles Sanders. And I'm thinking like, here we go. We lost Brandon Brooks. No, I'm sorry. Brandon Brooks is out already. We lost uh, Avante Maddox. And then we lost Deshaun Hall. So it's just a lot of stuff going on. And that's on top of Jalen Mills already being hurt. And it's just, a, I mean, I could pretty much make a whole football team out of the guys that are just hurting this team. And I don't even know how they're putting it together, how they're pulling it. I don't even know how they have a, a football team to put together because the injuries of this team is just like, we are just snake bitten right now. And the ironic thing about it is the last two years, Carson Wentz has gotten hurt, like right in December. And people are, oh, he, he's injury prone. He He's soft. He's this. Carson Wentz has been one of the few guys that's actually stayed healthy the, the entire year. So he's actually, he played all 16 games for the first time. He threw for 4,000 yards for the first time. And again, he threw for 4,000 yards with not one wide receiver having over 500 yards passing. That's impressive right there. So I know a lot of people want to discount that as well. They want to discount everything that Carson Wentz does, but I'm not going to do that. I would not accept the Carson Wentz slander. So you guys have to chill out. I just really hope Miles Sanders is okay because he's the best running back we've had since LaShawn McCoy. And like I said before, I pretty much thought by this time that he would have a starting job. I, I didn't really want it to be at the expense of Jordan Howard being hurt. But I figured Miles Sanders, by November, late, late November, December, he would pretty much have a grip on that starting job. Now, the same thing happened with uh, LaShawn McCoy in his rookie year. It was pretty much LaShawn McCoy and Brian Westbrook. And, you know, Brian Westbrook was getting older, you know, running backs, they age like dogs. So Brian Westbrook was getting older. He had injuries and LaShawn McCoy had to step in and be the starter. Then by 2010, he was the full-time starter. He ended up getting a thousand yards. He had like 20 touchdowns in 2011, ended up winning the Russian title in 2013. And I think Montana is pretty much going to have the same trajectory. I think next year he's going to be definitely a thousand, a 1200-yard rusher. And I think just from here on out, he's going to be that guy. And Boston Scott is another guy that I think is, he's, uh, that's BS right there. Oh, no, I'm not Boston Scott. That's Baby Sproles. So I think Baby Sproles will definitely be like that, that, uh, Darren Sproles type of role where he's not going to be the every down back, but you catch him out the backfield. 
that's our giant killer right there because you look at it and he had the great game against the Giants the first time around in that Monday night game. Then, you know, he was kind of quiet the last couple of games. You know, Miles Sanders was the one that was pretty much taking over. But then he played the Giants again. Miles Sanders gets hurt and Boston Scott does his thing again. Again, hopefully Miles Sanders is actually okay because we're definitely going to need him for this playoff game. I just don't think we can afford any more injuries than we already have. We have so many injuries right now. So, but it's, it's just going to be tough. But I don't know if we can win with Boston Scott as our, our lead back. And if we do, like, more power. Because, again, I think we're going to win this game. I just don't I don't see it having five turnovers again. I think the receivers are have a, a rapport with Carson Wentz that wasn't there before. I think the defense is playing really well right now. I think the defensive line depth is really well right now. I think Vinnie Curry is playing well. I think Derek Barnett is... I, I'm just waiting for Derek Barnett to have one of those crazy games because the offensive line for the Seahawks, it's not that great. Like, I know we like to get scared of because it's the Seahawks and it's, it's the big, bad Russell Wilson. It's not that guy. Like I know Marshawn Lynch is back. Marshawn Lynch just came off the street like last week. You think Marshawn Lynch is going to come out and run for 125 yards? Like He just... He was probably watching TV two weeks ago. Like, no, it's, it's, it's no, it's, it's no way you can work out all you want. It's the difference between working out and being in shape and being in football shape. It's a complete, that's a completely different animal. So I don't want to hear about this Marshawn Lynch nonsense, but, um, yes, I'm just glad, but, um, the defense played really, really well. And I think they just played really well again because they played really well against the Seahawks. I don't know why people are acting like the Seahawks, they beat us by 20 points or something. I mean, it was pretty much a touchdown on the trick play. And it was one long run by Rashad Penny where they lost uh, gap control. And, you know, I think McLeod either lost the uh, the control of the gap or I think it was McLeod. I'll have to watch the play again. Somebody like lost lost control. And, you know, Ronald Darby could have caught up to him. But you know, we know Ronald Darby is not... Not tackling anybody. Ronald Darby doesn't want to tackle anybody. So, um, but again, I just think the way the defense is playing right now with their defensive line, with Derek Barnett and you know um, uh, Vinnie Curry, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Brandon Graham playing the run really, really well. Just a lot of a lot of good players right now. Even like guys like Brandon Rush are, are giving us good like good stuff. Nathan Gary is playing really well right now. Nigel Bradham is playing well right now. Like. All these guys on defense are playing well. And like I said, I would get to Sidney Jones. Sidney Jones has, these last four weeks, Sidney Jones has made a big play. He made one big play at the end of the game against the Giants. And then like fourth quarter, we like swatted the ball away. He made a really good play against the um, the Cowboys, obviously, against Michael Gallup in the end zone where he knocked the ball away. That press guy probably saw Sidney Jones out there and he think, oh, you know what? I'm going to go after this guy. But Sidney Jones said, uh-uh. And he made another big, he had another good game last game. So I just think Sidney Jones, maybe him being benched early in the year, you know, we expected too much from him. Maybe he's a slot guy. Maybe he's, maybe we still have to find what his role is. Maybe him being benched is, maybe that gave him like more of a, a confidence. Or maybe he just was able to watch more film. He was able to study more. He was able to hone his craft. Maybe he, he's been in the gym. Like, I don't know what he was doing. And maybe he's just a part-time player. Maybe he's good to come in for a couple plays, and that's pretty much it. Maybe he's not a starting caliber cornerback. But if he can come in for a couple plays, he'll come in and make some plays. So we'll see how Sidney Jones does this week. 
But hopefully Avante Maddox plays because, like I said, I love me some Avante Maddox. Cravion uh, LeBlanc is playing well. I just think this whole defense is playing really, really well. So I just I'm really looking forward to it. So, but um, I think that's pretty much everything I wanted to get through with the Eagles. I mean, I just pretty much wanted to say with the Seahawks that we can win because we're not going to turn the ball over like we did that game. And I think Carson Wentz just has more chemistry with these receivers. And if we can get Ertz back and Lane Johnson back, I guess. But I, th- I think Vitae can, even if we don't get him back, I think the right side should be okay, at least for a home game. I think once we, if we win this game and go on the road, and you know what they're talking about, if we go on the road for the second round, Deshaun Jackson could be back for that game. So keep an eye out on that. So, um, yes. But let's switch gears to another Philadelphia team. The Sixers are just annoying me and they're pissing me off. Now, the only thing that's keeping me sane and keeping me in check is the fact that the Eagles are in the playoffs again for a third consecutive year. Because the Sixers are showing that they're really, really inconsistent. That they're showing that they cannot win on the road consistently. Not even consistently. They they just can't win on the road for some reason. They I think they beat Detroit last week on the road, but that was pretty much it. And like the Miami game on Saturday, they should have won that game. Tobias Harris missed a dunk late. Uh they had a play where they had to set up perfectly for MB in the paint. He ended up dropping the ball. It was just like a lot of stuff. Tobias Harris had a wild open three to pretty much win the game. He missed the three. It's just it's just really frustrating. And then they get blown out by Indiana on um so NBA is a little different. NBA, you don't really on a weekday, you generally don't have these three o'clock start times. So I don't know if the three o'clock start time threw them off. And maybe that's why they didn't really want to play. And maybe their maybe their um timing was a little off and their rhythm was a little off. But I can't even say that because they started off pretty hot. They actually started off in this game shooting really. It was shooting like 80% at one point in the first quarter. But then the second quarter came and they just, they had like two points for like a, a six to eight minute stretch and they couldn't score. It was like a, it went up to a nine point game. They called a timeout and it was like, okay, let's let's regroup. Then it went up to a 15 point game. They called another timeout. And then before you know it, it was like a 21 point game. And I, I turned it off by then. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and watch this nonsense. So, um, not why the Eagles are in the playoffs. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not putting myself through this. So I turned it off. Honestly, I didn't even watch the rest of the game. I really don't even know what happened the rest of the way. I just knew there wasn't a game that they were built to come back in, especially without the Joel Embiid. And it's funny because early, in, early in the game, Ben Simmons was actually being aggressive. And first, when I heard that Joel Embiid was not playing, my initial thought was like, "Here we go again, Joel Embiid missing another game because of an injury." But then I thought about it, and I'm just like, okay, Joel Embiid is out. Usually when Joel Embiid is out, Ben Simmons comes out, and he's, like, super, super aggressive. And he actually did. He came out aggressive. He came out attacking the basket. He didn't come out looking to pass. He didn't come out looking to just pump fake at the rim. He actually came out looking to attack the basket and put the ball in the basket. But, but they, they, they couldn't sustain it for some reason, so... And I just don't know how you get blown out by a Pacers team that's led by, I don't know, by Yanovich or uh, TJ Warren, who, I mean, come on, like, really? Like, you get down by 20 points to a team that's led by TJ Warren. Like, are you kidding me? Like, so, 
that 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 just really pissed me off. And they had the Rockets on Friday. Now they have a couple games off. But if you're really going to do any good, I just don't. But again, I really just don't see the growth in this team. I feel like once you reach that 50 win plateau, maybe their 50 wins that they had two years ago and the 50 wins they had last year, maybe that was that's their ceiling. Maybe they don't have. Maybe it's the coach. I don't know. I know a lot of people want to blame Brett Brown. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's the mentality of the players. Who knows? But I just don't really see them getting any further. I feel like last year when we went out and got a Jimmy Butler and we went out and got Tobias Harris, I'm like, okay, they're actually, you know, trying to take the next step. They're trying to reach the next level. I, I don't see them reaching the next level with, with this team that they have. I feel like losing Jimmy Butler was a big deal. Now, a lot of people say, oh, you shouldn't have let Jimmy Butler go. There was nothing we could have did to keep Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler was leaving regardless. We offered Jimmy Butler a max contract. He still went to the Miami Heat. He took less to go to the Miami Heat. I don't think people understand that we actually we actually offer him the max. Do you realize what the max is? The max is the maximum amount that you can offer a player. If I give you a if you want pizza and I give you a whole pizza, a whole large pizza. I gave you what I had. I gave you everything that I could give you, but you took uh, two slices from another person. It's like, it's nothing I can do. You wanted the two slices. So that's what Jimmy Butler wanted. He wanted to, he wanted to eat his two slices. He wanted to, he didn't want the whole pizza apparently. So what could we have done about that? Nothing. So I can't be mad at them about the, the Jimmy Butler situation. They um, offered Tobias the max. They pretty much had to. It's pretty much like paying a franchise quarterback in football. You you have to overpay sometimes. So like, it's like you have to overpay for a phone. Like you have to overpay for a car. Like if you want the nice things, sometimes you gotta overpay for it. And sometimes that's okay. So but I think Tobias Harris is a really solid player. I don't know if he's you know he's not a championship player or anything. I just with Ben Simmons not being aggressive and Tobias is like a, a, a B player and Joel B just missing games here and there and sometimes he's just in one of these weird moods, I just don't see the team really ever winning a championship with this core. Like I said, maybe it's the coach. Again, I always come back to the Warriors with Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson, he pretty much made the war. The Warriors were pretty much irrelevant for like years. So Steph, Stephen Curry, I know a lot of people think, oh, Steph Curry just came out in the league and he just started winning MVPs. That's not how it happened. Steph Curry got drafted in. 2009. He didn't win his first MVP until 2015. So, like, let's not act like Steph Curry just came out and just started going crazy. It took him about six years to really, like, become a star. The superstar that you know today, it took him a while. Now, Mark Jackson took that team, and he made them into a good team. I think 2012 he took over, and he turned them into a playoff team, made them a good defensive team. Uh, But the ceiling was pretty much the second round, which is – I think what the Eagles, I mean, the Eagles, I think what the Sixers ceiling is, I think the Sixers ceiling is about a second round team. And definitely at this point, I don't even know. Yeah, I don't want to go that far, but, um, <laughs> they fired, uh, Mark Jackson. And I remember thinking like, wow, they fired Mark Jackson. Like they made the playoffs and you made them a good team. Obviously the Warriors guys were know what exactly what they were doing. They hired Steve Kerr very first year. They won the title next year. They won seven, three games. Next year, they won a title again. Then they won a title again. So it's like maybe just another coach that comes in here and just has to, like, finish the job. Same thing with um, Tony Dungy and John Gruden. Uh, Tony Dungy pretty much built the Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. 
And um, John Gruden just came and finished it off. And sometimes that's just what happens. So sometimes you just you need a guy to lay the foundation, but they need a, a different guy to come in and actually finish the job. And again, maybe it's just another coach that we need. But I don't really see this team getting out of the second round. And um, I just don't see it. Uh, I know Ben Simmons. Now, one thing I will say about Ben, he was out with like Kendall Jenner at like New Year's Eve or something. And I know a lot of people are going to say, oh, that's what happened. That's what's wrong. He needs to stop hanging out with the Kardashians and he needs to be in the gym working on the shot. And I'm like, yeah, come on. Like, do you, do you spend all your time at your job? Even when you're not at your job, do you want to think about your job? I mean, come on, let, let the guy have fun. He's a guy in his early 20s. He wants to hang out with a beautiful woman. Let him hang out with the beautiful woman. He does his job. He does he does enough. He could do more. He could be aggressive. He definitely needs a better mentality as far as aggressiveness goes. But I don't think him hanging out with Kendall Jenner has anything to do with him not attacking the rim 745 at the Wells Fargo Center. So that's all I'm going to say about that. But the Sixers, they really just disappoint me. If they beat the Rockets tomorrow, maybe I'll change my mind. But they just lose so many games that they should be winning. And you can't lose to Indiana, especially especially without a, a Victor Oladipo. Like, you cannot lose to a team that is led by T.J. Warren. And no disrespect to T.J. Warren, but he's not that good. Like, I'm sorry, he's not. Now, let me uh, get to some football before I pop a blood vessel right now. So, we start off on Saturday. So, pretty much on Saturday, we have the All-AFC. And then on Sunday, we have the whole NFC. Saturday, we have that that BS 4 o'clock uh, ESPN spot, which it used to go to the Cincinnati Bengals all the time. Now, I feel like that spot in the playoffs, that like first Saturday game, is like the worst spot you can be in because I feel like that's they always put that team that's like, okay, they don't really have a chance to win the title, but they made the playoffs, so like, let's just put them here. Let's just put it here before primetime because no one really cares about this game. This is pretty much that game that... Not many. I'm a diehard football fan, so I'm going to watch every single second of it. But most casual fans are not running to the TV to watch the Buffalo Bills and the Houston Texans. And I feel like the Texans have had this slot every single year since they've made the playoffs. Again, the Cincinnati Bengals, when they were making the playoffs every year, they pretty much had the slot. But now the Texans have taken the spot over. They're not going to get the eight o'clock primetime game because no one cares about the Houston Texans. I mean. You know, like I said, I do, but a lot of people don't. Then Buffalo, they can run the ball. They can play defense. I wouldn't really be surprised if they won this game because Houston is very, very inconsistent. Um, the only thing I can say is Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson, and Deshaun Watson. They can run the ball. They could run it a little better. Now, I think they're getting J.J. Watt back as well. I don't really know how big of a difference that will be. I might regret saying that because J.J. Watt is an incredible player. But I don't really know him missing so much time. He's pretty much missed like almost his whole year. So when I'm missing that much time, I don't know if he can just come back and have three sacks and just like rush the quarterback and rush Josh Allen. Now, I will say the Bills offensive line does need some work, at least pass blocking. The run blocking, they're really good. But um, they can always get their big plays. Then we saw that against New England. It's like, okay, we just need a big play, need a big play. And John Brown is that guy that can, you know, give him that big play. Devin Singletary can run the ball. He can give him a big play. Devin Singletary has pretty much been like their their guy for like a while now. Like for the last couple weeks. Like it's like ever since Frank Gore got that record where he passed uh 
think he passed Jim Brown in the rushing yards career list. Ever since then, they've been pretty much playing Devin Singletary like 90% of the carries. So, Frank Gore just been, man, maybe they're saving him for the playoffs. Maybe that's why, maybe he'll get more carries in the postseason now. But they've been definitely going heavy Singletary. Now, a matchup I'm definitely looking forward to is Tredavious White, the quarterback for the Bills against DeAndre Hopkins now. Anytime you see that, you know it's going to be a good matchup. Now, you know, when we watched DeAndre Hopkins against Stephon Gilmore, it was a good matchup. And we're going to definitely get a good one today because, like I said, the Buffalo Bills have a legit defense. They have some linebackers like Matt Milano and Tremaine Edwards that can actually cover these tight ends and cover these running backs. So that's going to be a good one, too. But like I said, Tredavious White against DeAndre Hopkins, that's definitely a marquee matchup. Now, if you're not a football fan, just, just look at that matchup. Trust me. It's going to be a battle all day. It's going to be a lot of trash talking. It's going to be uh, Tredavious White's going to break up some passes, but DeAndre Hopkins is going to get some catches because he's a great receiver. You're not really going to hold him in, in, in check. You're pretty much, you're not going to really shut him down. So that's a good game. But um, I, I wouldn't really be surprised if Buffalo won this game. I mean, they're going for their first, their first playoff win since 1995. I mean, until... Two years ago in 2017, when they made it with a uh, uh, Tyrod Taylor, they pretty much hadn't they ain't even been to the playoffs in, since 1999, and that was the Music City Miracle. But they haven't won a game since '95, won a playoff game since '95, and we know the early '90s is when they made four straight Super Bowls. So it's been some dark times since then. But um, I, if I were a bad man, maybe my heart is just going away. But I, I could see Buffalo definitely win this game. I just think Houston is way too inconsistent. I think they're too Deshaun Watson uh, relying upon. I feel like Deshaun Watson cannot have a bad game. Deshaun Watson has a bad game. They will not win the game. And that's not really a good team to have. You have to have a team to where if your best player has a bad game, you can still overcome it. And I don't think they can be able to overcome it because Buffalo has a good defense. They have a great pass defense. So we'll see what happens, though. But that's a really exciting game to watch. It's playoff time. All these games should be exciting, especially next week. We'll see. But um, then we got Tennessee and uh, New England. New England blew a golden opportunity to get the number two seed. They, they shouldn't even be playing right now. I mean, I'm glad they are. They haven't had a wild card game since 2009. Just think about that. Like, just think about how many times they've had first. They've had a first round by almost and pretty much every single year since 2009. They haven't always won. I mean, I know in 2010. They lost to the New York Jets, their first uh, home game. But, and, you know, they've lost like a couple of Super Bowls here. They lost like, a couple of AFC Championship games against uh, Denver. They lost two to Denver, actually, with the Peyton Manning years. But Tennessee is a legit team. Now, New England, they've been playing all year, and we know that they're pretty much on the downslide. We know Tom Brady is not as good as he used to be. He doesn't really have the weapons that he had, has had in years past. That defense could definitely keep him, but Tennessee has a legit defense too. And they made the playoffs by beating Houston. Houston rested all their starters. But uh, New England, they're coming off a Miami loss. And like I said, last time they played a, a wildcard game, they actually got blown up by the Baltimore Ravens in 2009. So I'm not saying this has anything to do with that. I mean, that was 10 years ago. And that was actually Tom Brady pretty much in his prime. So... We'll see what happens in this game, but I, I, I could, yeah. If both these road games win, I, if both these road teams win, I wouldn't be surprised. And honestly, the Patriots were pretty much the number, 
They were number one seed for a while and they were undefeated. Then they went down to number two. They're pretty much the number two seed up until like the last week of the season. But this has to be one of those weird situations to where if they actually lost this game, I don't think many people would be surprised because I've been telling people for weeks now, do not sleep on the Tennessee Titans now. Derrick Henry won the rushing title, 1,500 yards by 16 touchdowns. That guy is a beast. I'm telling you, you do not want to tackle that guy. I mean, Mike Vrabel is their coach. He played for Bill Belichick. He coached with Bill Belichick, and now he's going against Bill Belichick. So if you think he doesn't have a little extra motivation to beat him, you're sadly mistaken. And Ryan Tannehill, he's been playing well this year. Again, I don't know if he's a franchise quarterback or nothing. He had that chance in Miami, but he's been playing solid. He's been making the plays. Corey Davis is a good receiver, and A.J. Brown, rookie wide receiver, he's averaging about 20 yards a catch this year. So just like I said with uh, John Brown with Buffalo, He's a big play guy. He's a big guy, too. This team is huge. I mean, when you look at Ryan Tannehill, he's tall. You look at A.J. Brown, he's a big guy. They have a big offensive line, obviously. And Derrick Henry, you do not want to tackle this guy. I'm telling you, if he's coming towards you, you do not want to take this guy down. So, again, I, I think I think Tennessee can win this game, too. Um, so, if I had, to, if I were a betting man, I would, I would probably still go Houston over Buffalo because they're the home team. You know, Josh Allen making his first uh, career postseason start. You know, so, you know, nerves, especially on the road. I feel like if it was a first home start, first, like, postseason home start, it'll be a little different. But on the road, that's a little tough in the stadium. You know, that, that stadium's going to be rocking. They're looking for a playoff win desperately. So, but I, I'm just, maybe it's my heart talking about. I could definitely see Tennessee like just beating the uh, New England Patriots. I don't think the Patriots are what they used to be. I know the Patriots have a great defense, but they've shown they can get ran over. I mean, like we saw what Cleveland did to them earlier, and we saw what Baltimore did to them. And some teams can definitely, um, and last week they they leaked a little oil. You, you let Ryan Fitzpatrick go down and, and drop 80 yards on you. So that was pretty much, that tells you all you need to know. So, and that was at home too. So it's not like it was a real game. But uh, Tennessee could definitely win that game, I can see. Then we're going to go to the AFC. On, I mean, the NFC on Sunday. We have a rematch of the 2017 NFC Divisional round, the Miracle, the Minnesota Miracle. This this time it's in New Orleans, though. And New Orleans, I just think New Orleans is playing way too well right now. I think Minnesota is not playing that well. I actually was drinking the Kool-Aid of Kirk Cousins earlier this year. I was drinking the Kool-Aid of the Minnesota Vikings. I thought maybe this could be their year because they were playing so well earlier. Their defense was playing well. Kirk Cousins was playing well. Dalvin Cook was running the ball well. Stephon Diggs was balling. And Adam Thielen, he was he's missed most of the year. He's back now. Maybe he could be back to 100% by now. But it took him a while to, you know, get, get back up to speed. But uh, after that Green Bay game on Monday night, I'm just like, nah, this is the same old Vikings here. This is no different. I mean, you can't really take Week 17 into account because they benched everybody. But last time we really seen them was the Week 16 game, and they show me nothing has changed. It's just the same old Kirk Cousins. This is the same old Minnesota Vikings team from 1998 that's going to choke in the playoffs. So nothing has changed. Alvin Kamara is back, though. Like, Alvin Kamara is back to what he was doing last year and two years ago in his rookie year. Drew Brees is playing really well. I mean, they're averaging about 36 points a game, I think, the last couple weeks when I saw. Uh, their defense is playing well. Their defense has been playing well all year. 
Ever since that uh, 49ers loss, they've just been dominating. And they, I mean, they destroyed Carolina. They, I don't even think they needed the game last week. Actually, no, they did need the game to stay. I think they stay. I think they were trying to get the two seed, which it didn't work out anyway because um because um dang, well, I can't think. Oh, cause Green Bay ended up winning, but um yeah. So, but but they they came out and they they didn't care. They were just going to come out and just start playing, and they just. They just beat up on Carolina bad, so. But I would. This is like no doubt about it. If Minnesota wins this game, I would be really. I would be surprised as I was when the Miami Dolphins beat the Eagles a couple weeks ago. That's how surprised I would be, especially you getting Kirk Cousins in New Orleans in the Superdome in a playoff game Sunday afternoon, one o'clock game. Come on, you really, you really going to bet on Kirk Cousins here? I don't even think Minnesota Vikings fans are confident going into this game. But, um, yeah, Saints all the way. And then the Eagles and the Seahawks. I'm not going to even talk about this game. I talked about this enough. Eagles are playing really well right now. They're, they've got hot at the right time. Last time they played the Seahawks, they really weren't playing that well. And the Seahawks are actually coming off of two consecutive losses. And they came about a yard short, like literally a yard short. Not even a yard. It was a couple of inches short of beating the 49ers, which I'm actually glad they didn't do for two reasons. One, I wanted to play the Seahawks, Seahawks because I figured we could beat the Seahawks. We have a better chance against Seattle than we did against San Fran. And two, I just think San Fran just played so well all year that they deserve to have that number one seed. I don't think Seattle has the makings of a number one seed. It's just they don't have that team. Like when you look at a number one or a number two seed, you just say, you know what? That's a great team right there. They can do this. They can do that. They can do this. They have a great quarterback. They have a great defense. He, Seattle just doesn't have that make. They, they don't have the. They won a lot of close games this year, and you have to think eventually that's going to run out. And Seattle, Seattle actually hasn't had a great team in a, in a while now. I know they've they've been consistent. They've made the playoffs, and I think Russell Wilson is pretty much the only reason that they're. They've been in the playoffs these last like five, six years. I mean, 2014, maybe 15, but 15, they got blew out by Carolina in the playoffs. But ever since that Super Bowl loss in 2014, they really haven't had a great team or anything. The defense has, hasn't been as good. They, you know, they've lost their whole Legion of Boom. You know, they've lost most of the people in their defensive line. Only person, only people there are Bobby Wagner and KJ Wright, and that's pretty much it. So everyone else is gone. This is not the same team, but I mean, it's still solid. But again, I don't think they have the makings of our number one seed. So I'm just glad that San Fran was actually rewarded for being a great team all year. It would have been a shame if Seattle would have came in and stole that number one seed from them. But um, you look at the top two seeds in the conference in Green Bay. I don't really, they don't really have the makings of a number one seed either, honestly. Because Aaron Rodgers, I don't, know, I don't really know if I trust him, and that's crazy to say. But I don't really know if I trust Aaron Rodgers right now. So, I mean, we'll see next week when they, we'll see who they have to play. But yeah, we'll see. But you know, look at Kansas City, Baltimore, San Fran, three of the best teams in the league. That that's like the cream of the crop, and it's a shame that only two teams are make the playoffs because we have a lot of good teams in the league. So yeah, we'll see. But that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the It's Just a Game. Thank you for listening, and I appreciate it. Happy New Year to everybody, and uh, just see you guys next time. We're going to talk more sports, and remember, it's just a game.